This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1520. Knowing what you know today, would you still marry your partner? by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Optimal Relationships Daily. I'm Greg Audino, your host and narrator. Now, this time around, I'm going to be sharing a post for you from Dr. Margaret Rutherford. She's got some really important commentary about how we can turn towards or turn away from our partners, all embedding this really weighted question of whether or not we would marry our spouses all over again. It might not be a question that sits well with you, or you might find a lot of joy in it. Either way, this article is for you. So let's dive right in and optimize your life. Knowing what you know today, would you still marry your partner? By Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com. One of the seeming discoveries from this pandemic has been increased clarity about the state of your primary relationship. The two of you have had to face loss, ambiguity, fear, financial strain, difficult parenting decisions, all while spending much more time together than perhaps ever before. Long ago, you gazed at your partner-to-be and said, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. But maybe now, your attitude has changed. So, if you knew then what you know now, would you still marry your partner? Some of you are certainly thinking, yes. That's wonderful. I feel the same. But others of you are admitting to themselves, no. What's the difference between those who answer each way? A couple who would answer yes turn toward one another. Let's talk about a couple I saw many years ago, whom I'll call Jack and Dana. Their story has remained etched in my heart and mind. Jack was in his early 70s, Dana a bit younger. He was going blind from diabetes and only had a few months before he would completely lose his sight. His military career had mandated their moving constantly as a family through the years. He'd been professionally successful, she'd been a stay-at-home mom, but now worked part-time in a job she loved. Jack was gruff and dominating, but likable. Dana was more subdued, but with a sparkle in her eye. At first, I didn't understand all of what had brought them to therapy. They laughed and joked around. We focused on the pragmatics of what would need to happen when Jack could no longer see. Their children didn't live close by, so they would face the bulk of this transition alone. This process is called anticipatory grieving, knowing something inevitable is going to happen and grieving about it in advance together. But my gut felt as if something was being avoided, so I decided to talk with each of them privately. My gut was right. Two stories from two partners turning toward. The day I saw Jack alone, he stumbled on his words, sounding quite different than before. 
His bravado had disappeared, and what was left was sadness and fear. He shook his head slowly back and forth as he explained, I know I dominated the family. I didn't know how to be any other way. It's how my dad was and his dad. Dana made her life about me and what I wanted. Until I saw how much she adores her job now, I never considered that she hadn't followed any of her own dreams. I knew she'd had them when we first met, but we never talked about them after she had our first child. Now I see I was selfish and self-centered. I want her forgiveness, but I've never been good with words. He paused for a minute. I know she'll say she forgives me. She's like that. But I have to be able to see her face to know if she really means it. And yet, I'm scared to ask. Julie and John Gottman, famous marital therapists and researchers, would call what Jack wants to do turning toward Dana. If she does the same, then healing can occur. Jack wanted my help to be vulnerable and form those words and how he felt shame for his impact on her. Then I met alone with Dana. Her words were striking, not only in their candor and insight, but also because they mirrored Jack's. I allowed Jack to dominate our relationship. There were reasons. I was insecure about doing anything but being a mom. My friends didn't have careers, and my mother, who was quite the martyr, criticized me for even thinking about it. I also knew that underneath that hard exterior, Jack counted on me. He needed me whether he knew it or not. It's not that I wasn't really mad sometimes. I felt unappreciated for sure. But I didn't speak up. Ever. Apology and Acceptance The next session, I asked Jack if he was ready to reveal what he talked about with me. And I watched as he tearfully apologized. There were tears in my eyes as well, as I heard Dana forgive him. She sounded and looked like she meant it. She told him of her own insecurity and the shameful messages her mother had given her about wanting anything other than children. So, why did this conversation work? What were Jack and Dana doing that others struggle with? Jack and Dana had an understanding of how they'd interacted, how their strengths and their vulnerabilities had been interwoven throughout their life together. They were taking responsibility for their own actions. They were admitting their role in a problem. They were turning toward one another. The couple who would say no have turned away. If your answer is no, you wouldn't marry them again, then that knowledge is likely reflected in your everyday life. You may be bitter or detached. You may blame them for your unhappiness. You may feel cheated or like life's been unfair. You may be lonely. If you've been abused, you may have struggled to find the strength and the courage to leave and are simply trying to survive. There's so much sadness in that answer of no. If you realize you've hurt or disappointed your partner, it's never too late to turn toward them, to ask for their understanding or forgiveness, to build a more intimate bond. It requires vulnerability, takes courage. You have to risk understanding and accepting their perspective rather than arguing about the truth. But that apology, that acknowledgement of your role in what went wrong or was painful, can be a first step towards making the answer to that question yes. You just listened to the post titled, Knowing What You Know Today, Would You Still Marry Your Partner? by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Okay, and a very big thank you to Dr. Margaret for sharing her work with us once again. This is really an article that speaks volumes, yet it illustrates its point as well as its lesson really seamlessly. I enjoy the simplicity with which she's laid out what it means to turn towards and turn away, as well as how direct of a question this is that we can ask ourselves. It can get more complex, however, when we consider what she said at the end, about how much vulnerability can be required to turn towards our partners if we haven't done so historically. Obviously, counseling can help a great deal with this, but if you're doing the work at home, try easing into it. Maybe you don't know yet how to make an admission as heavy as Jack's, but you can hold yourself accountable and apologize for something smaller that's been on your mind, something you may feel as though you could have done better. See how it feels to make that small step into vulnerability. And if you don't know where to start, but you're feeling brave anyway, you might even consider asking your partner how they feel you could be or could have done right by them. See how their answer sits with you, and consider how you might take responsibility for hurting them in a way that you didn't intend to. There are a lot of wonderful strides to be had here. So, very best of luck with that, my friends. It is time to wrap up this edition of ORD. I really hope you enjoyed this post as much as I did and that you feel it's provided you with some opportunity for relationship building. And there is another post for you today, our weekly bonus episode. It's live now, so go ahead and check that out too. I'll see you there, where your optimal life awaits.